Welcome to the Community Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. For more information about our church, simply go to cccsterling.org. Once again, good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church. It's great to have you here. Are you getting excited about that March series? Uh, I can tell. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I, I welcome and invite everyone to be a part of that entire series. Three parts in March. All right, as you heard just a few moments ago, today's the fourth and final installment of the Overflow series. And then today, as I announced, I'm also going to present the 2017 financial report, and this is something that we've been doing for the past 26 years. And if you've been around for a while, then you know on Financial Report Sunday, I always throw in, free of charge, a passionate tithing message. Uh, But this year, I jumped the gun early and started all that three weeks ago. And for the last three weeks now, I have endeavored to convince you that a portion of what we have belongs to God. God instructs us in his word to give back to him a tithe or 10% of everything that we have. And we're instructed to bring that tithe to the local church we attend. That's the only way that the local church can continue to thrive and do the things that God asks us to do. And so I want to thank you. I want to thank those of you who have been here all month, those of you who've mentioned to me that you've listened to the podcast And I want to thank you for taking this teaching to heart. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say this as long as I have breath. Community Christian Church, the people here, are some of the most generous people on the planet. And I want to thank you for choosing to support the message, the gospel message here at our church. You have huge hearts and deep pockets to match. And lest you forget... Benevolence is not a normal human trait. Unfortunately, we have a slant towards selfishness and greed. And so generosity is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. It's fruit and fallout of the Spirit of God, which is evidence and an indication that God is at work among us. So go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you for taking this message to heart. Now, last month, during the Recharge series, we all took a satisfaction assessment survey, and we took that survey because I told you, according to the latest research, our greatest desire, all of us, is to live a fulfilled and meaningful life. That's what we want more than anything else, to live a satisfied life. And nobody wants that more for us than God. Psalm 103, verse 5 says that it's God who satisfies our desires with good things. And so living a meaningful, satisfied, and spiritually recharged life is not just doing less or having less activity in your life. It's doing what counts, what really matters. That's what satisfied living and soul replenishment is all about. And what really matters to God is what's going to last forever. Not just a lifetime, but for all time. 
Did you catch that? What really matters, what really counts in God's eyes is what's going to last forever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, Paul said this, because of God's grace to me, because of what? Because of God's grace, I have laid the foundation of the church like an expert builder, and now others are also building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for there is no other foundation other than the one already laid, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on this very foundation can use a variety of building materials. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. But be careful, be careful, because one day fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any lasting value. And so again, in this life, what matters most is what has eternal value, what's going to last forever. And generosity falls into the forever category. You see, giving to God is not a duty, it's a delight. Sharing a portion of what we have with others is not just something that we simply endure, but enjoy. Because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. We don't have to give. We get to give. Giving is a perk. It's a wonderful and beautiful blessing from God. And because of his grace in our lives, just like in Paul's life, God allows us to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And every gift, every sacrifice, every contribution that you make, it will last forever. No one can ever take that away from you. All right, that was all review. Uh, that kind of sums up what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. Today, for just a few moments before I give the financial report, I want to talk to you about legacy. Say that. Legacy. One more time. Legacy. Legacy is what you leave behind. What people remember when you're gone. Legacy lives on long after we die. And please be reminded, everyone dies. The mortality rate, still 100%. And I want you to know, death wasn't God's first choice. It was never supposed to be a part of the life package. In fact, I firmly believe that God did not create the human race to die. He created the human race to live forever. But something happened in the garden and death became a reality. And until Jesus returns, every single person on the planet, that includes you and me, we will experience the grave. And so make no mistake, we will all leave a legacy. Something about our lives, the manner in which we live, something that we will remember. And just like Dave mentioned a few moments ago, Billy Graham left us a legacy to remember, a legacy of integrity, a legacy of ministry, a legacy of faith. I don't know of a single person who was as devoted as Billy Graham was to the gospel message, and we will not soon forget that. And so legacy 
there's no question about legacy. The real issue is what kind of legacy will you pass along? What kind of legacy will you give to the people around you? Now, Psalm 112, verses 5 and 6 says, Good will come to a man or a woman who is generous and gives freely, who conducts their affairs with justice. Surely he or she will never be shaken. The righteous who do good will be remembered forever. I'm going to say that again. The righteous who do good will be remembered forever. Friends, that's legacy. Being remembered. And there's so much more to legacy than the money or the wealth we leave behind. And please, don't misunderstand me. It's always good to leave a few bucks for your children, your grandchildren, and even the great-grands. Proverbs 13.22 confirms that. Proverbs 13.22 says a good man and a good woman leaves an inheritance for his or her children's children. So there's something to be said about inheritance. But even greater than inheritance is this whole thing called heritage. It's another word for legacy. And heritage may include wealth, but it's so much more than just wealth. It's culture and customs. It's traditions and convictions. It's opinions and life experiences that you effectively and affectionately pass down to the next generation. So what kind of legacy are we leaving today? What are we working so hard for in this life? What are we doing? In our culture, in our generation, what are we going to be remembered for? You know, currently with this economy, we're doing really well financially. People are very successful, more than they probably have been in a long time. And the average person today is making a good living. But is that really what God wants from us? Is that where he wants us to put all of our efforts? Is it in making a good living or leading a good life? And there's a big difference. So many people today, they want to be a financial legend. That's not what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to leave a legacy. Something of value that we can pass along to our children's children. Something that has meaning and value. Something that's to be treasured. And so this morning for just a few moments, I want to help you with that. I want to give you five practical ways, and we're going to do this real quickly, not going to drag this out, five ways to make your mark on this earth and in the process leave a lasting legacy for the people around you. Because this is so important. And when we planned this service out four to six weeks ago, we had no idea that Billy Graham would die on Wednesday leading up to today and that everybody in the whole world is talking about legacy. Okay, so we'll just add our voices to everybody else. How to leave a lasting legacy. Number one, make your family, I'm going to give you these five one, one at a time, make your family a top priority. Start there. Start with your spouse, your children, and your grandchildren, and pour out ridiculous amounts of love and encouragement to every family member. That's a great place to start, friend. And let me give you a little bit of advice, maybe something that you can do uh, to help you along. 
write out a letter and include in that letter everything that you would like to say and do for every family member. But then don't mail the letter. Don't place it strategically where they could see it and read it. Don't read it out loud to them. What I want you to do is I want you to outline the things that you want to do in that letter for your benefit so that you can achieve your objective. Let's say, for instance, guys, you really want to tell your wife how special she is. I mean, you want to communicate to her how much you love her and appreciate all the things that she does, but you just can't get it out. I mean, you try and you want to say it, but it just doesn't come out right. So here's what you do. Write it all out in a letter. Think it through. Memorize it. And then execute. It's a great way to do it. It will help you. You know, I was talking with a, a, a guy recently. He came to see me for some advice. And talking about forgiving and restoring a relationship. And the best way to do that, there's five words you can use to restore a relationship. Five words that will work every time with every relationship just about. Here's the five words. I'm sorry I was wrong. I'm sorry I was wrong. You have to say them. Don't ask the other person to say those five words. You say them. Write them down. Memorize them. So that when you get to the person that you want to talk to and restore the relationship with, and it's just not coming out, you have it memorized. I'm sorry. I was wrong. You know, when we write these things out, and it helps us to, to do them, then family members don't have to guess how we feel about them. You know, so often we take for granted that everybody knows how much we love them. They really don't know unless we tell them and express it to them. And when you do that, friend, when you pour outrageous amount of encouragement into your family members, you will leave a lasting legacy that nobody will ever forget. All right, so number one, make your family a top priority. Number two, find a cause to wholeheartedly support. And let this be your trademark. Let everybody around you know how passionate and how enthusiastic you are about this cause. And this cause or conviction that you're advocating for, it does not have to involve money. You can show your support in other ways. You can sh show support for uh, your school or for your church or for your community or some other effort by just getting involved and volunteering your time, being supportive of that particular cause. Or you can let the people know who are carrying the burden of that cause how much you appreciate what they're doing. So number two, get involved in a cause. Get behind it. Number three, don't be afraid to share your blessings. One of the greatest legacies that we can leave is generosity. You've heard me say this for years and years. And please don't wait until after you die for this one. All right? Be generous while you're alive. You know, just don't, don't just save a bunch of money and leave it for people. You know, let this generosity flow out of you during the living years. And the way that you can do this and, you know, I, I talk to so many people, and oftentimes, 
We focus in on the things we don't have. We complain about what we wish we had and we don't have. That's what Adam and Eve did. They were given free reign over every tree in the garden except for one. Instead of going to all the other trees, they ended up at the one tree God told them to avoid. They got focused in on the one thing they couldn't have. That's how we are. They passed it down to us. Focus in on your blessings. Count your blessings each and every day. You know, when you count your blessings and you dwell on your blessings and you realize how many blessings you have, it's easier to share them with other people. If you think you only have a couple, you want to keep them. But when you focus in on how tremendously blessed we are, when you look at everything and instead of looking at it negatively or saying, you know, other people have more than I have, when you can concentrate on the goodness of God, it's easier to let some of those blessings go. Now, if you've ever taken the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class, which we endorse and promote and offer from time to time, then you will know that Dave Ramsey came up with seven baby steps to financial freedom. That's the goal, to take these seven steps and to work your way to financial freedom. Baby step number one is to have a $1,000 emergency fund. Do you know how hard it is to save 1000 bucks these days? That's baby step number one. All right, baby step number two after you do that one is the debt snowball to start to beat down your debt a little bit. Baby step number three is to get a little bit more aggressive in savings and save somewhere between three and six months of your household's expenses. Baby step number four is to invest 15% of your income into retirement. Dave Ramsey asked for 15%. God only asked for 10. That's baby step number four, 15%. Baby step number five is get involved in helping your kids get to college so they can have a good education. Baby step number six is to pay off your house early. Baby step number seven is to give generously and to share wealth. Do you know that the ultimate goal of the Financial Peace University is baby step number seven? That's what you're working towards. You're working towards having financial freedom, not just for yourself, but so that you can share your blessings with other people. This is the whole reason why you want to be financially free. I mean, it's great to be able to say, I have no debt that's certainly a step in the right direction. But there's a reason why God gives us stuff. So we can share it with the people around us. You do that, you're going to leave a tremendous legacy. All right, number four, mentor someone or invest in another life. In, in, in addition to just giving finances away and blessings and sharing those blessings with others, share your knowledge and your life experiences, and all the lessons that you've learned. Now, you might not think of yourself as a mentor or a teacher. You might not think that you have those qualities, or you don't have anything to offer. But more and more, we're finding out that mentoring and investing in the lives of someone else is making a significant difference. Truth is, we all could use somebody to pray over us. Someone to take a little extra time with us, to speak into our lives, to show that they care about us. 
Again, that is making a huge difference in the lives of not just young people, but all people. You know, in 1979, I was 24 years old when my father died. I had been married for three years. I had a one-year-old son. I was so young and inexperienced, I needed somebody, desperately needed somebody to help me out with this whole thing called fathering and being a husband, a family man. And when my father died, Pops, my father-in-law, stepped up to the plate. And I don't think he probably mentored anybody, but he decided that he was going to invest in my life. And he spent time with me. And he encouraged me. And he taught me a lot about life. And through the years, he's never treated me like a son-in-law, but like a son. One of the first projects that we got involved in was finishing our basement. I worked with them side by side for a solid year. You get to know somebody in a year. He helped me to learn the trades. He, he taught me things. It made a difference in my life. And there were times when he encouraged me, and there were times when he had to straighten me out. That's what mentors do. That's what teachers do. They help us along. If you have God in your heart, if you have a desire to help and be genuine, you have plenty to offer. So invest in the life of someone else. Okay, in the way of review, if you want to leave a lasting legacy, make your family a top priority. Find a cause to wholeheartedly support. Don't be afraid to share your blessings with others. Invest in the life of someone else. And finally, number five, live a life of integrity. Live a life of integrity. Integrity is being an honest person who has strong moral principles and deep convictions. An honest person who has strong moral principles and deep convictions. And I've learned that it's real easy to have integrity in church on Sunday morning. Everybody here has integrity on Sunday. It's an altogether different thing to have integrity when your brothers and sisters in Christ are nowhere around. In fact, that's the true measure of this virtue called integrity. It's how you live and how you conduct your life when nobody's watching, how you do when you're by yourself. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, Paul said this, Children, obey your parents, for this is right. Verse 2 says, Honor your father and your mother. Obey your parents, verse 1. Verse 2, honor your father and your mother. Now, for a long time, I thought those two verses pretty much said the same thing, but with different terms, terminology, different words. They do not say the same thing. They are not communicating the same message. In fact, it's totally different. You see, obedience is what you do when your parents are in the room watching you. Honor is what you do when your parents are not in the room. So parents, if you tell your 12-year-old student to shut their TV off at 8 o'clock at night and you're right there in the room with them and they shut it off, that's obedience. If you're not anywhere in the house at 8 o'clock and your 12-year-old student remembers, hey, mom wants me to, or, and dad wants me to shut the, my, my 
phone off at 8 o'clock, and they do it anyway, that's honoring what you want. Totally different. Obeying the word of God and honoring the word of God are two powerful elements of integrity. And you know we have integrity? You don't have to tell everybody about it. You don't have to include that in your resume. You know, walk around with a sign, I have integrity. When you have integrity, people will automatically see it. It will be very obvious to everyone else. And so, legacy is what you leave behind. It's what lasts long after you're gone. And the scripture says when we can do that, when we can communicate to the generation something of value, then it will cause us to be remembered. And that in itself is a blessing. Okay, let's take a look at last year's financial numbers. We're going to begin uh, the financial report, and we'll start with the income page. Last year in 2017, our tithe offerings totaled $2,139,237. So just over $2.1 million given on Sunday mornings during the offering and online giving. And if you want to be a little bit more consistent with the tithe, giving God 10%, even when you're not in church, then let me suggest online giving either through our website or our mobile app. Automatic tithe deduction is probably the best way to stay faithful to the tithe. Okay, in addition to the general tithe, the children's renovation project raised $154,600. Our goal was $150,000. We exceeded that, currently at $154,600. Add to that $105,512 for missions, a $25,000 gift for mortgage debt relief, and $18,039 for food pantry. That gives us a total income last year of $2,442,388, and that is a big number. You deserve a round of applause. Now, if you recall, after we refinanced our loan in 2015 with Bank of the West, we determined that we still wanted to add significant amounts of money to the principal. So in addition to the monthly mortgage payment, we wanted to add more money to pay down the principal. In 2016, at the end of 2016, we were able to pay $300,000 against the principal. Last year, in 2017, we added another $200,000 to the principal. So in addition to our monthly mortgage payments, we paid down the loan a half a million dollars, which is big. Our, month, our, our mortgage at the end of 2017 is $3.1 million. And you know what that means? This year, it's going to get into the twos. And we're, we're excited about that. Two plus million. All right, and since our mortgage payments are way more manageable now, we've been able to stay very involved in missions and outreach. And if you remember, that was the whole Freedom Project objective to begin with. So we're really involved with missions and outreach. Let's take a quick look at the missions page. Last year, we gave $129,570 to missions, which is about $24,000 more than what came in. And the majority of the mission money is raised through our Mission Sunday initiative, which takes place on the first Sunday in May. 
We've been doing that for the last five or six years, maybe seven years. We're going to do that again this year. In May, the first Sunday in May, May 6th, we're going to ask all Community Christian Church families to prayerfully consider pledging or giving $250 toward our missions budget for the year. It's the only time that we talk about missions. Of the $129,570 in missions expense, we put $65,000 into home missions and $64,000 into foreign missions. So a pretty good split right there. All right, let's go to the next page. This is the missions breakdown. And in the event you don't already know this, currently we have one of the largest food distribution centers in Macomb County. We're serving about 150 families a week. And from the income page, you may have noticed that we, or remembered that we had brought in about $18,000 for the pantry, and we've only spent about half of that. That's because we're getting a lot of great deals on food right now. And because we're a sizable pantry, we're getting some free food. I mean, people are just dropping pallets of good food off at our pantry. But I want you to know that every dollar that comes in that's earmarked for the pantry, it goes into the pantry account, and it will stay there. And so all of the single-dollar bills, the $1 bills that you give on Communion Sunday, those go toward the pantry, and they're spent on the pantry. Uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, we purchased a brand-new freezer for the pantry. You don't see it in these numbers because it'll be in the 2018 report. But I want to put your mind at ease. If you notice that we spent only, what is it, 8000 for the pantry, and we brought in 18000 uh, that's a, a $10,000 difference. That money is earmarked for the pantry. Okay, you go to our website and review all of the mission, uh, missionaries that we support. There's a, a breakdown of them all. And once again, this year, uh, next month in March, Sam and Aaron Oginski are going to lead another team uh, to Cambodia, a mission team to Cambodia, where we are fighting, wholeheartedly fighting against the cause of human trafficking. So please keep them in your prayers. All right, let's look at the ministry expenses. We ask you to bring a tithe, 10% of your income to the local church. And of the money that you give to us, we take 10% of that and we give it out. That's called a tithe on a tithe. And this is something that we've been doing as a church for 26 years. This past year, $213,187 was spent as a part of our tithe-on-tithe account. This money helped people that we don't know. People that walked in to our office and asked us for financial help. And this also helped some members of our congregation. And whenever we hear that people need help, after we do uh, the background work and we make sure that the need is legitimate, we like to respond and we like to give. We, we feel like that's what the Bible encourages us to do. We don't like to say no to people. And friend, just so you know, there's not a lot of churches doing that right now. But because of your generosity, we are able to help people who are in need. And I think last year, in 2017, we helped more people than ever before. All right, the next slide. You can see the other ministry expenses that we have totaling $127,160. And again, because you were so generous and because you faithfully gave to God, we were able to provide special ministry for all 
of the church family, including our children, our students who had um, great curriculums and great programs throughout the year. And please keep in mind that we did not take any of the money that was raised at our children's fundraiser event like we normally do and put it into the Community Christian Church budget. We used all of that money and put it towards the renovation project. So we were able to do this, to provide this, just because of your genera generosity. And then with the help of our coffee sponsors, we've been able to keep our lobby fellowship going. And so after every church service on a Sunday morning or whenever we gather together, you can always go out into the lobby and get a gourmet, delicious, organic cup of Great Lakes coffee and a non-organic donut. Right? You can do that because of our coffee sponsors. Right? They provide that special ministry for us. You'll see uh, the names of their businesses on the wall in the fellowship hall. If you need their services, please don't hesitate to call on them. They're good businessmen. Uh, they'll be glad to help you, and businesswomen. Okay, a quick update on our children's renovation plan. Some of you have been asking. We're about to get started on that. Um, we're probably going to break ground in the area there, uh, the children's facility area, right around the end of the school year. We want to work through the summertime when the crowd and the activity is not as great as it normally is. And so right now what we're doing is we're aligning that job up. We're calling on contractors, trying to get the very uh, best price that we can, and we're, again, going to start that job in the next couple of months. It's going to be very exciting. Okay, in addition to the ministry expenses, we also have operational costs. And last year, we spent $1,924,233 in operations. The mortgage expense alone last year was $436,327. That includes principal and interest, $135,000 in interest, $301,000 in principal, which included that $200,000 that I mentioned a few moments ago. Another sizable operational expense we have is payroll or employee compensation. As you can see, we paid out 949000 in wages to our 20 full and part-time staff members. But I want you to know, and I like to remind you of this, we have the absolute best church staff on the planet. We really do. We would not be the church that we are without you. And we would not be the church that we are without our staff. Our staff works very hard. And I want to tell you, they are worth every penny. And we are continually trying to do our best to be good stewards of everything that the Lord gives to us. Okay, I've listed the other operational expenses as well. The 174000 spent on facilities and maintenance included a kitchenette that we put up in the mezzanine. I think we've spent nine thousand dollars for that we also had some hefty repairs uh, in the heating and cooling department we had some roof repairs that we had to put onto the roof and uh, please don't forget this building this one right here is 12 years old actually it's 13 years old I mean I know it looks brand new but it's 13 years old the building next door phase one is going to be 20 next year 19 years old so we have some repairs and so uh, we've been doing those as they come along. And I think we also did some upgrades with our lighting as well. And that was several thousand dollars. All right, let's look at this last slide here. 
Once you balance out the income and the expenses, the end of the year cash is $671,933. That's how much money we had on hand at the first of the year, January 1st, 2018. Last year, with the exception of the money that we paid down for the principal, we didn't use any of our savings for normal operational costs. So we're able to save a few dollars as well. Now, the Board of Directors' comfort zone for an emergency fund or a safety net is around $300,000. And we've had $300,000 in our savings account, a separate emergency fund for the last nine or 10 years we haven't spent it. Bottom line, this is a tremendous financial report. It really is. And I want to encourage you to keep up the great job. For those of you who faithfully tithe, those of you who bought into the message that we've been talking about all month, I want to thank you. And I pray that God will continue to open up the floodgates, not the windows, not a little crack in the door. I'm talking floodgates. And pour out blessing upon blessing on your life. And just so you know, when we talk about overflow, it's not just money. It's all of the other good things that God does for us. And I want to thank you for your unsolicited testimonies throughout the month. So many of you coming to me and saying, you know, God did this and God did that. You know, uh, one brother said that, you know, he was driving and wasn't paying attention to the speed limit and the car right next to him was going the same speed that he was and the police pulled over that car. Probably a non-tither. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. There's, uh, uh, when we talk about overflow, it's more than just money. Okay? God blesses us in a lot of ways. All right? So I want to thank you. Thank you for your faithful giving. And for those of you who are getting there, I'm going to encourage you to make that decision, make that choice. You're going to find it very rewarding because God, He is true to His word. He does not go back on his word. And in the area of this that we've been talking about all month, you can put God to the test. God doesn't mind. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to go to cccsterling.org media or search CCC Sterling on the App Store for more messages from Community Christian Church.